previously on the Death Saving Bros podcast. Guys, uh, we have people down. I know how to get Prothean up. Torm is here. I'm ready for crusade. What I would like to do is I would like to chug some healing potions. You're going to see like a 12 ounce aluminum can that I'm holding in the air. Anybody need a T-Rex in a can? Gooch steps up to the plate. And you can hear Sargonis call out, Your end is nigh. At that very moment, there is a bugle sound from off in the distance. You can see Caxius leading an army of thugs and brigands. Um, I'm going to run up to the front lines and weave in and out from underneath everybody's legs and violently jab upwards towards the gooch section. Abe is going to cast Enemies Abound on Caxius. He thinks everyone around him is his enemy. You have managed to buy the purified lines just a little bit of time, but still they look like they're about to break. You hear from the left flank, you can see Gublio at the front of this massive line that is forming along the entire horizon. Ambionitis, you can see Zawadski grab his head in pain as Dalvia is going to cast Mind Spike. The Warhammer he had stolen from you is dropped from his hands. And I call my hammer back to my hand. No. Revengers, assemble. And we charge. To fight our final boss, Jet. I sprint directly at Brixius. Yeah, I'm going to double hand just thump him. The natural one. So a spear tip goes to connect. And it's going to hit you and just shatter. Yeah, I got like five staffs. I'm going to grab the next staff on my back. It's the staff of Parmar. As I'm holding it. All of a sudden, the flames start to kind of, like, die down. And Sargonis is going to finger of death, Prothean. I am so sorry for this, but it's what had to be done. Diademic Zorius, take me and all of my compatriots here, as well as the god Sargonis. I want you to take us all to Helleros. Everything is going to flash to black. Welcome to another episode of the Death Saving Bros Podcast. I am your host and Dungeon Master, Paul Camper. With me today, I have Ben Renfro. Paul. (laughs) (laughs) I I ran out of all good content. (laughs) (laughs) Brad Richards. Hey, Paul. You're in Orange Fitness now, right? Yes. You're in the fit in this dick in your mouth? Oh my oh. god. <laughs> Proceed. Matt Smith. My pants are down. My penis is dry. What are you going to do about it? I'm going to move on to Brad Renfro. <laughs> you know that Mike Tyson is a very religious man. Uh, he punches people right in the faith. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, Eric Nemeth. Who worries most about the knife being sharp? Oh, goodness. Who? What's your wrist, man? <laughs> I actually don't get it. Circumcision. Yeah, circumcision. Oh. Well, we are sharp as a knife over here uh, as we improv our way through 
our fifth edition actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Just did a circumcision segue. <laughs> I wish I had a sharp knife uh, in my a head. Segue. <laughs> we are all in the same room, and we are about to wrap up this major campaign that we have been working on for the past eighty-nine episodes. Okay, fifth edition, eighty uh, ninth episode. We're ending. You it. said we've been working on it for eighty nine. Technically, we only put in eighty eight episodes worth of work so far. We're on the eighty ninth. And by God, there is a so lost episode oh. that never aired. What? <laughs> That's true. Oh yeah, because of what's that dickhead's name? Oh, not that one. The name who shall not be spoken. Oh, there's more. Yeah. There's so I guess one? technically we've been doing it for even longer than that. We have a lost episode. Yeah. What yes. the hell? It was, uh... Is that going to be on the wiki? episode five. I don't remember that. Oh, I wasn't here for we it, We gotta so. talk about it on the wiki. Scrapped Why'd we scrap episode it? five. Because it was dumb. What episode, What was it about? Uh, it was like a dream sequence. Oh, uh, yeah. What? I, I don't remember, remember that. that. Was I here for that? I think you were. I was like, I think it was something we did when, like, <clears throat> not everyone was here. So I don't know who was missing exactly. I think I was missing for it, because I don't remember it. Yeah, some kind of like, it was just like a bunch of like puzzles and like some dream mansion or something, right? Yeah, but yeah. I could Oh, yeah. Wasn't it like we went in a tower in a desert or something? I think so. Well, well, Eric no, was but... here. It was, it was a dream sequence. It may have been somebody was not here or it was the episode before or the week before Brad got back. And so we were just kind of like killing time. I just remember one horrible episode with a tower underwater and there's a pirate and his name was Sanchez and it was fucking horrible. No, I was there for that one. God, that's... There's a library underwater. That haunts books, my nightmares. Books don't like water. My name Sanchez. Yeah, fucking die. <laughs> I think I shit in a book that episode. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Or did you shit in, in a book or did you use the pages to wipe your butt with them? I don't remember. Maybe what? you did both. I get it. It was a metaphor about how you guys felt about the episode. Fuck you all. <laughs> Could be worse. You could go to the library of your public university and jay off in some pages. I never did that. I didn't either. <laughs> I feel like there's a story behind that, but let's get back to our story. Hey, wasn't that freshman you? <laughs> Probably. I was invited. I decided not to go. Showed up on the wrong day. Fuck. <laughs> I came an hour late. <laughs> oh. <laughs> They're already checked out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Just go. I'm not going to be able to stop. <laughs> That's what he said. Last time on the Death Saving Bros, our adventurers fought Jet and Zawadski as Sargonis entered the fray. And... Just as Sargonis was starting to gain his full power because all of his forces had entered the Primaterial Plane and with more and more support, he was gaining more and more power, Jet used the Staff of Parmar after breaking his Staff of Composition and the magic inherent in the Staff of Parmar, the latent magic left by Helleros, awoke Jet from his stupor, from his uh, compulsion that Sargonis had placed on him allowing Jet the ability to take the Diademic Zorius and use its power to transport him, his friends, and Sargonis to Helleros. And that is where we are going to pick up now. 
I'd like to ready a dodge action. <laughs> I'd like to ready a donkey kick. Well, first I'm going to give a little bit of exposition, but good to know. As soon as the Diademic Zorius is used, there is a flash of green light, as there was before. The staff of Parmar had been lit up with webs of brilliant white light, and suddenly everything goes dark. And you feel your feet land on solid ground as you stumble to your knees. Everybody goes every which direction. You can't see where you are. You have no idea what's going on. And then there is a flash of lightning across the ether. This flash of lightning streaks across the sky, but you realize that there really is no up or down. You can feel yourself on solid footing, but when you look at your when you look down at your feet, you can see that streak of lightning start above you and then streak around, below, back above, and then it's gone. So there is no up, there's no down, but you're on solid footing. From the illumination of that streak of lightning, you gather where everybody is around you. Jet is in the center of all of you, and he is wearing the diademic Zorius on his head. He is sprawled on his stomach. Brixius, Ambionitis, Abe, and Prothean are all sprawled around Jet, and Sargonis is nearest Prothean. Sargonis is still in his massive form. He has rippling black muscles. He has streaks of red veins, fire coursing through his body and shining in his eyes. And the streak of lightning also illuminates a single desk with a candle and a female figure whose back is to you. And now that you are aware of this person, you can hear muttering from that direction. The fucking elf track lady. <laughs> <laughs> Wagon, what are you doing here? Oh my God, it's that fucking scarecrow again. <laughs> you can hear the female figure muttering, and then Jet grabbed the diademic Zorius, enacted its powers, and transported all of his companions and the god Sargonis to the realm of Helleros, where they laid sprawled, and the great mother continued to streak her thoughts across the sky. Wait, did you, is this Lily? Did you just steal Signing Forces' entire storyline? I have never seen that. So yes, the game opens and ends with a little girl reading her book and writing it to end an entire story down. Uh, no, that is not what's happening. Are you referencing the DM as a character now, writing the story, and we're watching the DM now write the story? And then, if that's the case, are you referencing yourself as a woman in the story? No, it's kind of like the Matrix where. <laughs> He just goes into the room and it has all the TVs already there. What if I like, go and erase all the pages? Then what happens? What if I just go what if throughout? You jack off into the pages. <laughs> <laughs> what the if I go throughout the entire book, and every time that, say, Ambionitis is mentioned, I change the name. Like I find and replace all Ambionitis to a different name. Does that change anything? I think what's actually going to happen is you're going to like go and rip out like the first couple pages, but it's actually like the prologue of like explaining who your parents are. And that's actually why you're orphans is because it just disappeared from existence. Well, well if you changed yeah. Ambionitis's name, that would be very confusing for Tyler and his future unborn. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of power in that book. I cast Firebolt. <laughs> At whom? The book. Oof. Oh. You can't see the book. Yeah, we can. 
We can't see the book. We just see a feminine figure at a desk. And you hear muttering. Ah. Okay. <laughs> then I do nothing. <laughs> I throw a curveball fireball at Ooh. the book. <laughs> I give a nice lob shot so it comes down right in front of her. <laughs> so, yeah, you are all sprawled on the floor. You are aware of this figure uh, sitting at a desk, but that streak of lightning disappears. And now that you can kind of see where everything you saw where everything was in relation to yourselves. You are aware of Sargonis's flaming eyes. They're very dim. And then you can also see the uh, single candle sitting on the desk by this female figure. Um, are we doing turns right now? We are not in turns. Uh, you can act. And if we need to begin initiative order, then we will do so. I would like to use a Kai point for patient defense where I ready a dodge action. I pull out my longsword, roll over, and try to, like, split Jet's throw with it. Thank God. Am <laughs> I ready to dodge action? I want to pr- prepare a teabag. So, wait, you're going after Jet, not Sargonis, who's next to you? Oh, I thought Jet was closer. No, you're, like, running away from Sargonis right now in order to stab me. Oh, I thought I... <laughs> so, I mixed up where I was at. I wanted to get up and try to, um... Is Sargonis standing or laying down? We'll say he's on his bum. <laughs> I am going to, like, do a running jump and try to impale him and throw it with a longsword. Okay. Uh, then let's go ahead and roll initiative. What dice will I use today? Fifteen. S- Seventeen. Seventeen. I have a three dexterity. You would have went first anyways. Seventeen. <laughs> What's your dexterity? Two. Two. <laughs> two. Big two, my low. Fifteen. <laughs> You're 14. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> 20. Same. <laughs> All right. So, Prothean, you're going to go first uh, anyways because you are the first to act. So you make a running leap with your longsword out and go ahead and roll attack. There's a 16 hit. A 16 will not hit. Use your extra attack that I think you have and swing oh, yeah, again. Yeah, I'm going to use my extra attack and try attacking again. All right. Go for it. Does a 22 hit? A 22 does hit. And longsword is going to be nine damage. All right. What does that look like? You leap up, you try to impale him with your longsword the first time, and Sargonis manages to dodge out of the way. What do you do next? Uh, do like a spinning move in you and like try slicing it at his throat that time. Okay, that time you connect and you manage to nick his neck. You see a spurt of flame briefly eject itself from his neck and then you see the blackness well you can't really see the blackness because the streak of lightning is no longer there but you can see Sargonis's eyes so you're aware of where he is in relation to you you see that burst of fire out of his neck and then the blackness closes over it again uh Brixius alright as you said Jet's just kind of in the middle of us I imagine I can get to him this turn Mm -hmm. alright so I'd like to imagine Jet starting to stumble his way back to his feet. And as he does so, I would like to run and leapfrog over his back so that my nuts drag across him. And then as soon as I land on the other side, I'm going to throw my donkey kick up at him, propelling him backwards towards my brother. Okay. So the uh, the leapfrog will happen, and then you'll go to donkey kick Jet, and we'll call that a push. But uh, Jet did say that he was going to take patient defense 
using a Kai point before we entered initiative. So what does patient defense allow you to do? It gives me a bonus dodge action. Or I can use dodge as a bonus reaction. These nuts! Well, we've already established that the leapfrog happened. <laughs> so, can't dodge these nuts. <laughs> Just have to accept as they gently caress the back of your head. Okay, so since you're dodging, uh, any attack roll made against you has disadvantage if you can see the attacker and you make dexterity saving throws with advantage. So in this case, Brixius, you will take your attack roll or your push action, which is a special melee action, and you will do that with disadvantage. What modifier do I use for push? So when you push, uh, you make a special melee attack to shove a creature. Uh, the target must be no more than one size larger you, than you, and you will make a athletics check contested by the target's athletics or dexterity. Sorry, athletics or acrobatics. Oh, fuck. You said I can use the higher of the two, right? Great. Um, Lower of the two. And mine has to be strength, not acrobatics? It has to be athletics. It's not athletics, acrobatics. No, one uses dexterity, the other one uses strength. Mm. But uh, I'm not proficient in athletics. Titties. So that's going to be 13. (sighs) So I am proficient in my dexterity saving throw there. Well, it's not a saving throw. It's an acrobatics or athletics check. Oh, okay. So that meant... Numbers? Athletics? Well, no, yeah. No, I, I have to take off the proficiency bonus that I added in my head. But since I had advantage, it's good to note that my lowest roll there was a natural one. Um, my highest roll, though, was... You don't have advantage. He has disadvantage. It also said that I had advantage. On dexterity saving throws. This isn't a saving throw. So you rolled a natural one. No, actually, it was my second roll that was a one. My first roll was, my first roll was a nine plus my five is a fourteen. Okay, I strike again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, once again, you have disadvantage. Wait, his bonus action works twice. So if you take the dodge action, any attacks until the next turn have disadvantage. So it allows him to use the bon- to use the dodge action as a bonus action during his turn and then until his next turn. Well, I rolled a natural 20 and then a natural 4. So that's going to be a 9. If you can't beat it, I'm going to try a third time, just so you know. <laughs> okay. He really just wants to put his nuts on you. So that's a 15? No, my nuts have already been on him. I'm trying oh. to push him backwards so he's prone on his back so you can just step over and teabag. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so attempt number three. We're going to try my other have three attacks. Because I'm a fighter, bitch. The only cool thing he does. 18 on the first roll. Come on, baby. And a fucking three. <laughs> Fuck this game. It didn't even roll. It bounced. That's going to be like an eight. And that's a 20. Fuck. You're telling me I missed three donkey kicks. So as you're trying to donkey kick me, I'm just like breakdancing away and just trying to explain like Jet or not Jet. <laughs> jet? Why are you, Why doing are you this? talking in third person? My name is Jet. <laughs> you are Brixius. You are an orphan. You're, you're breakdancing. <laughs> I just imagine you doing. You're an orphan too. <laughs> we are both orphans. <laughs> I imagine you doing the Nick Miller when he does his moonwalk away from <laughs> awkward conversations. Brixius. God like, damn. 
This is real embarrassing. So you have to calm down, bud. I promise this is all for us. <laughs> and Brixius is just on the ground, basically like doing mountain climbers, but in reverse. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just fucking embarrassing. Because embarrassing. In both of those, in all three of those sets, I had one number that was 17 plus each time, but then every other time it was low. I want to find the nearest garbage can and kick the shit out of it because that was embarrassing. This is fucking embarrassing! Yeah, I want to sprint towards the feminine person. Alright, uh, you start sprinting towards the female figure, and as you are drawing close, you can hear muttering, after transporting to the realm of Helleros, the Revengers started to fight amongst themselves. Prothean launched himself at the god Sargonis. Jet tried to breakdance away from Brixius, who was attempting to donkey kick him into range of his brother for some sort of nefarious act, while Ambionitis was actually doing something else entirely, running towards, and then you hear, oh god, the female figure <laughs> turns around, and there is a blast of blue light as you are thrown backwards, Ambionitis, and the blue light washes over all of you who are fighting, moving, whatnot. The blue light illuminates the space around you, followed by a streak of lightning, and all of you are suddenly frozen in place. So do I get a uh, bonus dodge action against this? In this case, you do not. I didn't think so. Uh, the female figure stands from the desk, and in her hand there is a blue orb that is sent up above you, illuminating the space entirely. You can see that this figure has two milky white eyes with uh, irises that are the lightest gray possible. Her hair is like gossamer silk, like the threads of spider webs. They're substantial, but if you look at them the right way, you can almost see them disappear. Her gown is made of simple white fabric, and she steps forward saying, Hello, Rose. I believe you have visitors. And right next to Jet materializes a large figure. And you can see that the face is made of five separate sections. So if you were looking directly at this figure's face, you can see that split five ways the nose is in one sector, the eye is in another sector, the ear is in another sector, and those facial features are rapidly changing. The nose is bulbous, then it's Roman, then it's crooked. The eye is blue, green, red. The ear is earlobe attached, is missing. It's mottled. It's cauliflower ear. Yeah. Ear <laughs> <laughs> scaged. And the figure speaks... Well done, Jet. Is Sargonis also frozen? Sargonis is also frozen. Hmm. I mean, I can't respond. I'm frozen. Uh, you're only physically frozen. Uh, you can still speak. Thank you, our Lord Helleros. False god. Helleros turns to Prothean and walks over, places a hand on your shoulder and says, Do I look like I am false? Yes. Perhaps we should call Torm to our little party. Do it. 
Oh, this is getting exciting. <laughs> it's a visibly party. excited. Rog would be like, Torm's real? <laughs> <laughs> you hear the female figure say, Helleros, why did you bring them here? Helleros turns and says, Ayun, I did not bring them here. As you can see, Jet has brought himself and the others to this plane. Hmm. She said Jet's last name. <laughs> plane. Like the plane. <laughs> Good job, Jet. <laughs> like the plane. Ayun says, Well, he may have brought them here, but clearly you had your hand in this. Am I not supposed to watch over the affairs of man? Sargonis began to interfere. I had to make my move. And you hear Sargonis say, Ayun. You will release me. Uh, sorry, Sargonis. Or as uh, our revengers like to say, Sargi. <laughs> Call Big him Daddy Sargi. Sargonis. <laughs> I think we said Daddy Sargi one time. <laughs> Back when we were getting all senpai about him. I don't even know what that word means. So in the, in the mythology of this world, the gods themselves know Sargonis as Big Daddy Sargi. <laughs> <laughs> Until we figure out exactly what your plan was and what to do about it now that you're here, in the eyes of the Great Mother, you shall not harm anyone here. Release me, Ayun, and let me finish what I started. Helros speaks up. No, Sargonis. Let us wait for Tiamat, Torm, and Pelor. Off in the distance, you can see a bright speck of light that has just appeared at the end of one of the flashes of lightning that have been sporadically illuminating the space around you, and like a little firefly, this speck of light grows bigger and bigger, flitting around until it becomes almost like a shooting star, and then comes streaking down in front of Abe, and materializes in a burst of golden light, and standing before Abe, you can see a male figure with flowing golden hair, goldenrod eyes, a perfectly aquiline nose, and a chiseled chin and jawline. He's built like a Greek god. Let's just put it like that. You sure it's not a Norse god and he wields a hammer? It is not a Norse god wielding a hammer. Hmm. Um, there are no weapons on this male figure, but he is wearing a golden tunic and breeches of fine white silk. After gazing down at Abe for a moment, he turns around and looks at Ayun, Helleros, and Sargonis and says, Little did I know that there was a party happening. And then next you see a dragon come streaking up from underneath you. It is a five-headed dragon of the five chromatic colors, black, blue, green, red, and white. And the dragon lands on the solid ground around you, and the dragon head starts snaking around, sniffing at each of you adventurers. And then the heads are going to retract, the dragon form is going to shift, and suddenly there is a female figure dressed in midnight itself. Robes that pulse with darkness, iridescent black like an oil slick. Her hair is down to her waist, pulled back in a strict braid. 
Her eyes are piercing, and she has extremely sharp cheekbones with a very pointy chin. And she holds her head high as she struts into the middle of the circle and says, Well, Paylor, if there were a party, you would be the last to be invited. As you're always so proper, we can't have fun when you're around. Well, Tiamat, you would be the last to be invited to my party, as you are just too conniving. Nobody would know whether or not to drink what you had brought. Oh, you give me too much credit. And then, in a burst of smoke, there is a big, barrel-chested figure, male, wielding a giant hammer and wearing full plate armor. Brothian passes out from excitement. <laughs> it's like that guy from Avatar Day where he just starts foaming at the mouth when he shows up. <laughs> uh, the armored figure walks over, picks Prothean up by the scruff of his neck, puts him on his feet, gives him a little shake until Prothean wakes up. My lord, and I just kneel down. Wait, am I still frozen? Um, you can kneel. I kneel. <laughs> uh, the figure takes a gauntleted hand and pats your head and says, It's okay, son. You're, you're all right. For now, at least. Don't, don't be passing out on me again. Yes, my lord. Yeah, all right, all right. And the armored figure goes and joins the other uh, godly figures. Ayun turns to Helleros and says, All right, Helleros, you've summoned all the gods here. Now what's your plan? Helleros looks at each of you revengers in turn and says, These five have done everything in their power to stop Sargonis from infiltrating the Primaterial Plane. As I understood it, us gods had vacated the premises of the Primaterial Plane, leaving it to the humans and the creations that we had left there. None of us are human. Oh, wait, no, Prothean is. Uh, the, the Racists. <laughs> Helleros bows, uh, bows its head and says, We are sorry. Humanoids and uh, other sentient races of Ralvaria. All right. All right, better. <laughs> well, Ayun, as you are the record keeper of all reality, you saw what was happening. Yes, Helleros, I saw what was happening, but I am impartial. I am, I am the divide between the gods of good and the gods of evil. Tiamat speaks up and says, Well, it's only in perspective which of us is good and which of us is evil. Tiamat. We all know which of us is good and which of us is evil. Look at you. You're dressed all in black. Of course you're evil. And the black beauty over there that's got eyes of fire. You think that that's not a uh, not an evil god? Sargana speaks up and says, Of course I am evil. I am the god of revenge and fire. But you, Torm, you think that you are good? Look at your paladin. Look at what he has done. <laughs> and that's, a, that's a pretty solid argument. Pause. <laughs> it was destined for me to 
seek out the primaterial plane and finish the war that we started millennia ago. These humankind, these sentient beings, they took pieces of our essence and they used them to wreak havoc. This is the Diadem Exorius. It is my essence. I should be the one to wield it, don't you think, Helleros? What I think, Sargonis, is that the creations that you all made should be left to their own devices. Ayun saw the wisdom in creating me, taking a bit of each of you, so that they could live amongst themselves and figure out what needed to be done by themselves. I'm enjoying the uh, Paul Camper just talk shit at himself <laughs> episode. <laughs> it saves us from doing it for him. I'm just going to stay as quiet as possible, yeah. actually, right now. I'd rather not bring alarm to myself. I want to... Can I move my head or just my eyes? Do I see everybody or am I still facing away from everybody? You can see everybody now. Okay. Uh, once Prothean fainted uh, and all the gods showed up, everybody kind of was released from the blue light that had been holding them. About to say, holy crap, you're real? But, yeah, instead I'll just look at all of them and say, holy crap, you're real? <laughs> Why are we all here? Paylor says, yes, Ambionitis. We knows my name? <laughs> <laughs> we are real. And as for why you are here, you have info you have involved yourselves in a war that was started amongst Torm, myself, against Sargonis and Tiamat, a war that was started long ago when you all, your ancestors, were first created by our hand. Yeah, last time I checked, I was just mule-kicking and teabagging people, and now I'm on a plane with gods. Wait, your hands created mom and dad? And mom then you and guys. Dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, perhaps not your mother and father, but your mother and father's mother and father's mother and father, mother's and father, mother and father, mother and father, mother and father, many, many back. You knew our parents? <laughs> I'm sorry, I lost count. Could you do that again? <laughs> I have lost count myself. I have been gone from this plane many, many years. It's okay. You lost count. I lost my parents. We both lost something. <laughs> We're not so different. You will lose your home too, says Sargonis. Once I get back there, I shall take everything that you hold dear. I shall finish my subjugation. Hush now. The grown-ups are talking. Hush now. Hush now? Says TMS. We are the grown-ups here, Ambionitis. Ma'am, I don't like your tone. I liked it when Hella Rose was talking, and Torm, you're all right. Yeah, you guys said that we involved ourselves, so we're grown-ups with this, too. Hey, Tiamat. Hey. Yes. I want to just grab my nuts. <laughs> How dare you! <laughs> Huh? Got her? <laughs> what you gonna do about it? <laughs> Got her. Guys, guys, you're a little bit out of your league here with this. I would just... No, uh, no, no. No, no, no. This I can do. Tiamat starts <laughs> striding towards Abe, and Helleros <laughs> inserts himself between... Oh! Pause! <laughs> between uh, Tiamat and Abe, and says, They are right. 
Tiamat. And he turns to all the other gods and says, This is why I influenced events such that the staff of Parmar and the Diademic Zorius would once again be invoked, as they were a millennia ago when Sargonis and Tiamat tried to take the Primaterial Plane for the first time. It is their decision. It is their world. Yeah, you tell him, Sugar Daddy Helleros. Yeah, hey, 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 don't take credit for what we did. You said you influenced the events so we would find it. We did that shit on our own. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no. No, no. No. I feel accomplished. <laughs> I mean, we did it, but like... No, no, no. Grown-ups are talking. Yeah, shut up, Jet. No. No, no. No, no, no. No. Please so, continue talking, grown-ups. I want to look at Helleros and be like, so it was you the whole time? It was not me the entire time. But as Abe knows, every once in a while there's a little purple light. So Abe's been behind this whole thing? <laughs> Is it in your diddly hole? <laughs> it's actually in his eye hole. Oh. He's been inside me this whole time. <laughs> What? <laughs> Let me see your eyeball. I flip up my eye patch. Be like, feast your eyes. I point. And when you do that, can you see through the eyes of like one of the gods looking back at yourself now? When he flips up his eye patch, he is nearly blinded by the amount of light pouring in from the gods around him. Helleros is encircled by a purple light, Pelor by gold, Ayun by white. Tiamat by black, riddled with uh, waves of the other chromatic colors that were represented when she was in dragon form. And then Sargonis is a blazing red, and Torm is solid steel gray. Ow, fuck! And I flip the eye patch back down. Helro says, my apologies, Abe, <laughs> that uh, we, we are quite bright. Uh, so, uh, five-faced guy. Uh, let me... Helleros. That's what I said. Um, so, when I had that dream, when we were looking for that Hydra thing, that was just you? Yes, I helped you there as well. Hmm. Hmm. Ambie and I just cheated. <laughs> Plankton cheated. Sargonis says, You all cheated. Whoa, 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 whoa. Helleros, you were meant to be... You weren't even meant to exist. Ayun took our essence and made you. It was not meant by the Great Mother for you to be formed. You are an abomination, and you should let us finish our war. There's a Great Mother? All five of them. Ayun, Pelor, Tiamat, Torm, and Sargonis look up as a flash of lightning streaks and branches out all around you, forming a cocoon around where you are. And then it is gone. And Ayun says, that is the Great Mother. So like... Cheated? You think this is a game of kickball on the <laughs> playground? <laughs> so like, you guys are just like siblings pissing on each other and like, that's your mom? We were all formed from the cocoon of the Great Mother, from the power that resides within her essence, within her existence. But only some of us were formed directly from 
the Great Mother. Myself, Paylor, and Tiamat were all from the Great Mother. Sargonis was formed straight from the darkness. Hmm. And where was Torm from? Prothean's imagination. <laughs> he just believed in him so hard. When he became real. <laughs> Is Torm from the Great Father? I came from the Great Mother as well. Well, that's pretty rude of your sister, or I'm, sister. I'm not sure how to refer to her to to disinclude you like that. Are you the youngest? <laughs> Do they just hate you? I was the last to come about. Yes, first it was. Do, we don't have parents. We don't know how this works. Remind me, Iun, Miss Record Keeper. Torm, you know very well that I don't like you calling me Miss Record Keeper. I am an impartial recorder of events. Yeah, so record keeper. Uh, <laughs> I like this guy. <laughs> keeper. Did these folk not listen to an entire performance somewhere in Trugala about how we came to be? Hey, we record keeper, I got this one. Hold up. We were in the crowd. I was not listening. <laughs> I speared the guy telling the story. Almost killed him. Actually, think I did kill him. Oh, wait. Was that what that was? Yeah. Oh. So, yes, the answer is yes, Torm. They did listen to an entire story about where we came from, which is surprisingly accurate when you think about it, that the humans figured that out. Paylor speaks up and says, I don't believe they figured it out. I believe Helleros had a little bit of say in that. Helleros is such a good guy. What a good guy. Well, thank you, Ambionitis. I try my best. Hey, so do I, man. That's why I'm here. Fucking apparently. <laughs> so how are we fixing this? Cause like, yeah. So what's the end game here? Ah, uh... <laughs> we shall take the primaterial plane for ourselves, or at least fight over it until one god stands. Pause, lady. That oh, sounds I like. That like... Idea. <laughs> Pause. That doesn't sound about right. Great mother, you want to shed some light on this? No. Okay then. There's a streak of lightning. Anybody know what that means? Interpretation. Does I heard mother speak. Very literal. Yeah, does anybody read <laughs> lightning? I've never really spoke much to my mother, so I don't know what the hell that means. Yeah, we didn't have parents. <laughs> if you guys didn't know, we're, we're all orphans. orphans. <laughs> I'm not. Oh yeah, he's not. All of them chime in. We know. All right. Well, we all know <laughs> that we're orphans. <laughs> we don't read lightning. So how are we? How are we fixing this one here? No, we're not doing that whole war yeah, thing the that the scary lady said. Battle Royale, <laughs> not not a go-to nah, here. Not a fan of that one. Let's uh let's let's try another option. <laughs> Hello there everyone. DM Paul here with a few quick announcements. To those of you who are listening in, thank you for being here. We love having you and are excited to be so close to the end. Um, the episodes have been coming out more slowly these days, um, and we're working hard to get those finished and get you to the end of the campaign. But if you need something to tide you over in between episode releases, why don't you check out our Patreon at patreon.com deathsavingbros. For as little as $2 a month, you can start accessing bloopers, 
conversational recaps, and even extra episodes. We have been regularly updating our test episodes, which is a 10-episode mini-series detailing the final sessions of our previous campaign. The audio isn't quite as polished as the main show, but it does still have all the comedy you've come to know and love from our group. We'll be posting Part 7 of that series this Friday, November 12th, 2021. So head over and catch up. And for those of you who are already patrons at the Shade Arrow tier, we are working on fulfillment of your biannual merchandise. The first batch of merchandise included a shot glass, t-shirt, and player character miniatures, pictures of which can be viewed on our social media on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Reddit at Death Saving Bros. We're really stoked about what we've got for you this time, so stay tuned. Just know that we are still awaiting some manufacturer quotes on our end, which means that shipment of the rewards most likely will not happen prior to December, and that's December of 2021. However, November, which is this month, the month that we are releasing this episode, November marks the first month to count towards the next set of rewards, i.e., all patrons who join or remain supporters at the Shade Arrow tier for at least three of the next six months at patreon.com slash deathsavingbros, you will get in on the next round of exclusive Death Saving Bros items. You'll also be invited to join in the next quarterly video chat with the hosts, which will take place before the end of 2021. Of course, if you're not financially able to become a supporter at Patreon, we completely understand. Instead of supporting us there, you can leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser. You'll be helping us on the podcast charts, and we'll read your review on the air. Another way to support the podcast, and look good doing it, is with some of our merchandise, available by searching Death Saving Bros at redbubble.com. And then, of course, the people that we support and want to tell you about are Will Savino's Music D20 Project and Tabletop Audio, both of whom are composers creating original tabletop music on Patreon. Their music is featured in this episode, and their websites are available in the episode description. Finally, the last thing I always like to do before getting you back to the episode is to recognize those that have made this show possible. And there's no one to thank more for their support than our patrons. Those who have pledged at the $5 tier get a shout-out at the end of the show, but the following individuals have pledged to support us financially at the $10 tier or higher, so they get their supporter shout-out right now. Ryan Cushman, 2 Times Tyler, Gene L. Jackson, Andrew Bettles, and a vaguely concerned emu. Thank you all for your support. Without further ado, we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. speaks up and says, There must be justice for Sargonus's actions. Oh, f- How about hi-
It's our plane. Why can't we decide? <laughs> I harpoon a longsword at Sargonis. Okay. <laughs> Justice Spear. Torm reaches out his gauntleted hand and then crushes it midair. Oh. Not touching it, just with mind powers. Damn. And says, Prothean, that's not what I meant. Sorry, my lord. Yeah, hey, uh, Torm, while we, uh, while we got you here, um... What's your opinion on chopping people in half in the middle of the street? <laughs> Why do you ask? No, no, no reason. specific reason. We're just, oh, you know, just uh, picking your brain. Is that something you're okay with? I suppose if it's in the middle of war, then yes. <laughs> Let's say it's so- not in the middle of the war. What if it's in the middle of like brunch hour? <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it would be. It would need to be under certain circumstances. What if they just? We're breathing. They committed crimes. What if your soup came out lukewarm? Yeah, what if they, like, <laughs> committed the crime of, like, jaywalking? I don't believe that being chopped in half is a fitting punishment for jaywalking. What about All littering? Right. Hold on. What did we, why did it chop him in half again? I honestly don't remember. Which time? And that was the... Who yeah, was it? Who ran, like, I want to chop one person in half. Is the one where we like tied her hands and her feet to like two separate horses. Well, she deserved and, like, that. We're trying to rip her in half, and then like you helped it along. <laughs> that was Natalia. <laughs> Natalia, yeah. that's right. Oh, that was that was she wrong. Had a, she had it coming. Yeah. Okay. I take hands from thieves and oh, call thief in the forehead. That's right. What was the other hmm. <laughs> record keeper? Is that right? Ayun suddenly materializes with a book in her hand Crap. and starts flipping through it and says he has done uh, many a very punishing shall we say uh, punishment to those who commit crimes and some who only committed questionable crimes especially uh, the one where he went after somebody for burning down his church and uh, it was never confirmed that the person actually did it I had enough evidence Torm turns to you and says did you know for certain? Yeah. In my mind, I believe I was certain. That's a good answer. Oh, boy. That's, that's a good answer. <laughs> yeah, see, this is the... Good answer, good answer. That's, that's, a, that's, a, good, that's a good courthouse answer. <laughs> we, all, we all clap. <laughs> You're an inspiration. <laughs> Amazing. Well, here, here's, here's the issue with, uh, with Prothean is uh, when he goes off of his mind, that's a scary, scary thing. I fully, fully believe he believes it, but it's still questionable. I like it from time to time. But all the same, good answer. Sargana speaks up and says, Yes, Torm, if you had been paying attention, perhaps you would have seen that Prothean is more like me than he is like you. Whoa, Big Daddy Sarg, he calmed down over there super cheap. Do not call me Sarg. What are you going to do? Sargy. Sargi. <laughs> I'm already dead, and so are my parents. Sargonis uh, draws his black longsword, and Tiamat spreads dark wings behind her. Sargonis says, You have been asking what we will do. Perhaps instead of fighting each other on your plane, we will just fight you, and once you are gone, then we will take what is ours for ourselves. Well, it sounds like a pretty good plan. I, I think he, I think you'd probably win that battle for sure. But uh, then Torm draws his hammer. I draw and, my longsword. Sorry, my greatsword. And then <laughs> uh, Palor 
lights up his hands with golden light, and Paylor says, Not if we are back in them. You will not find us such easy adversaries. He's the god of sparkles. <laughs> <laughs> the god of spirit fingers. <laughs> spirit fingers. <laughs> and then Ayun once again flashes blue light from her hand that washes over everybody, uh, causing you to feel like you're in gale force winds, and she says, No, not here in front of the Great Mother. Thanks. Thanks for starting to get a little wacky there. <laughs> little cuckoo. <laughs> little bananas. <laughs> Someone uh, put me in a straitjacket because <laughs> I'm getting a little wacky. And uh, Hellero says, Yes, it was like somebody had gotten a little sugar in them. <laughs> you want 60- me to stop, don't you? 64 grams of sugar. Two five-in-one brownies. That's all I took. Get it ain't much, but it gets the job done. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Hellero speaks up and says, Us gods clearly cannot come to a decision amongst ourselves, and our fighting continues to affect the realm of sentient beings that you created. It was in harmony, it was in balance, as Torm dictated, as you all dictated, by equal parts, good and evil, with Ayun being impartial in the middle. You made me, that I would be all parts of the gods, and keep careful watch over the sentient beings in the primaterial plane. I have done that, But when Sargonis and Tiamat show up to try and disrupt that balance, I must step in. And I believe that now, just as we did in the olden days, we must now create balance so that they may fend for themselves and our time upsetting that balance will come to an end. Yeah, a lot of uh, these sentients died um, when this happened. Uh... I got an idea for balance. What if all of you guys died instead of all of us died? And then we don't have to worry about you guys fucking up our plane. (laughs) That was the most backhanded answer. Well, instead of them killing us and then fighting over our plane, if there was nobody trying to take over our plane, I think there'd be balance. There you go, Kratos. Yeah, that was the most God of War bullshit (laughs) backwards-ass story I've ever heard in my fucking life. I'm just saying... Yeah, until some asshole comes along. When they're not involved, there's balance. When one of them tries to get involved, a lot of us die. Right, because there's not slavers and shit in our realm. Actually, says Paylor, I see some merit. Yes. In Brixius's idea. Yes. <laughs> the Lord of Sparkles is insane. <laughs> I am, in fact, the god of light. That's what I meant. So you are not far off there, Ambionitis. I sparkle with him. But <laughs> to Brixius's point and Helleros' argument, if we left them to their own devices and we retreated to our own planes, there would no longer be any fighting amongst ourselves. I more had in mind a suicide pact, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Something a little bit more final. <laughs> you know, how are we going to be sure you're going to stay on your own planes? But if they weren't watching over us, we would all just kill each other anyways. Would, they, would we? Yes. So you're saying we need them? Uh, Tiamat speaks up and says, Yes, 
You all would kill yourselves because you're terrible and greedy. Not now, crazy lady. <laughs> yeah, I don't like when you talk. I'm formulating a plan. I'm thinking. So. Can't scare us with all that talk of killing people. We live with Prothean. <laughs> <laughs> Torm gets... Seen some shit. Torm has a very, very concerned look on his face. It's okay. Torm, <laughs> it's okay. Everything he's done, it was willing. Except, <laughs> except for those doors and a couple floors. Oh, the horrors. Torm, I'm going to be honest here. He's done some bad shit, but he, no, no, he, no. Re he really does like you. No, no, no. <laughs> We just don't understand. That is true. Because we're not paladins of Torm. We're chaotic neutral at best. You're welcome. <laughs> Wrapping them all up here. Anyways. <laughs> Torm, it's fine. We got more important shit to worry about. Like Big Papa Pump Sarganis over here and the Big crazy Papa cat Pump. lady. <laughs> and the crazy cat lady over here dressed in stars. Okay. Dolores. I do not wear stars. Oh, sweet Jesus. Stars not. are an abomination no. of the night. Oh, yeah, you're Notice right. Notice her not uh, refuting the crazy cat lady yeah, comment, crazy cat. <laughs> Well, stars are probably uh, Lord of Sparkles over there. Um, we actually instituted the stars so that Ayun could write by. Oh, yes, it makes sense. Now, that was my... So smart. That's my next one. You gods really are smart. <laughs> yeah, they, they think of everything. They, they kind of, they, it's like they created some shit. Except for what we're supposed to do next, apparently. So, Ambionitis, what is your idea? Mm. A lot to put on me, isn't it? Um, well, here's what's going to happen. Um, we're not going to go to war. We're not going to let the crazy fucking cat lady out of the bag. Hush down, Pidgeotto. We're not gonna let fucking Big Papa Pump Sarganis over there do shit. You say one word, Sarganis, we're gonna have a fucking bone to pick. We're not gonna let the Lord of Sparkles out there because it's gonna blind everybody. I don't remember who the fucking other one is. Who's the other one? Torm. Or Ayun. Oh, yeah, well, I feel like Torm's methods would be a little bit different than the ones that we have previously experienced under his judgment. <laughs> I'm curious of what. Torm would actually do. But Torm and then the name of Torm are two wildly different things. <laughs> I have one thing in mind for what I think Torm is like. But that's neither here nor there. But after talking to him today, he seems like an alright guy. So I don't know. Okay guy. <laughs> so we're not going to do that. He's an okay guy. He's a pretty cool kind of guy. Pretty all right. So here's what I think is going to happen. Do we need balance? Helleros is here. Helleros, what do you think should happen? I believe that your thought process so far is along the lines of what I was thinking. But although I am balanced among the five gods that came before me, I am still part of them. Hmm. So, perhaps you want to finish your thought, or I could give you mine. What's yours? The gods retreat. I will stay on. But, in order to make sure that each of the creations of these gods continues to benefit from their guidance without actual interference. Each god surrenders a piece of themselves, just as they did to make me. They surrender a piece of themselves to maintain balance among the people. Those pieces will enter your world to affect change however you all 
the sentient beings of the primaterial plane choose to use those pieces. So, like, what you're saying is there would be, like, six stones (laughs) (laughs) cast into this, this galaxy, if you will. This universe that everybody would marvel at if we thought about it real quick. Um... You know, we would take an, and we, if we pondered it, we would usually kneel and we would be on this knee. Um, <laughs> so you're welcome. <laughs> that was a, that was a quick one. Stuck that one in there. And yes, they would be around for infinity. Oh, I see a flaw in this plan. <laughs> what would happen if, you know, there was one sentient being out there? that wanted to gather all of these stones and use the power to uh to fuck up the rest of us well half of us anyways yeah half of us then what how do we how do we prevent that from happening well i will say as the dm i was not thinking of uh the infinity <laughs> stones when i had this concept uh but that's a pretty good that's very clever of you to draw that connection but uh helleros says these would not be individual stones let's say these would just be powers they would enter your world and manifest themselves however they may see fit and however you the sentient beings and creatures of the primaterial plane choose to use them would no longer be our concern you right. would be the masters of your own fate. Right. All right. So let me get this straight. Hello, Rose. So they're going to be powers. So like one would control time, one would control souls, one would control mind. Um, I don't remember the other ones. One would power, power. <laughs> <laughs> no. So no, I'm with you. That's a good. Hmm, that is a good. Sounds like a pretty good plan. A pretty all right plan. A pretty cool kind of plan. Pretty all right kind of guy. I mean, if you let us govern ourselves, chances are someone's got to try to fuck something up. Uh, that's why the, the powers that just float in our air. Give us like 2,021 years tops. <laughs> <laughs> Hellero says, and that is why I would remain, but so would the essences of the other gods without the interference of pure good or pure evil within your realm. I'm with that. I would be around to help guide these new powers, but I would not interfere. What do you think about that plan, Record Keeper? Ayun. Ayun speaks up and says, I don't know about that. (laughs) 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 I believe that there is wisdom to it, and if you will, I will be the first to surrender a piece of myself to this plan. And she reaches up and plucks out one of her milky eyes. Ah! Oh! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <Briggsies> just hurls. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> we thought you meant metaphorical essence. <laughs> oh my god, what other Jesus pieces Christ. is everybody else giving up? I don't want to know. Paylor just rips off his penis. <laughs> he just takes a knife, cuts off an ear. So he oh. just yaks off. <laughs> ah! <laughs> What if we decide that this isn't what we want to do? You just disassembled yourself too early. Ayun turns to you and says, Worry not, young Brixius. I am a god after all. (sighs) Well, that's going to grow back. 
Is this a plan that the gods agree to? Does everybody promise not to rip off body parts? Because I don't know if I could take that shit five more fucking <laughs> no. times. Uh, wait, idea. What if we do this? Try it out for a little bit. See how it works. We have a good old... We throw another one of these parties that we're having right now. Yeah, what's we, the we can, safe word? <laughs> we could let you know that it's going okay. Or if it's not going so well. Can we have, like, quarterly meetings? <laughs> uh... Paylor steps up and puts a hand on your shoulder. Massive, massive hand. Wow. Dad? And uh, <laughs> it shines with a golden light, and he says, Brixius, if this plan goes forward, we will return to the Great Mother. Okay. I'll return to your Great Mother. <laughs> By that I mean that we will no longer be around. We will be part of the very fabric of this entire universe. Hmm. We will cease to exist, but our powers will stay behind. That's kind of fucked up. You're just cool with that plan? Just a yeah, sure, I'll stop existing. Oh, they can be a part of the Great Mother, which I think that's better than where they're at now. To be a part of their mother. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> oh, no, we're just orphan things. <laughs> I do agree to this plan, and a part of me will stay behind, which is something that I am pleased with. I can leave my creations, I can leave my power, and who knows, I was born from the Great Mother. Perhaps in the future, another form may I yet take. And Paylor then holds out his hand to Torm, who withdraws a dagger, hands it over, and then Paylor takes the dagger and chops off his index finger. Ah! <laughs> I think I'm going to be sick. <laughs> we didn't even agree to this plan. You guys are just chopping each other. Like, chopping We're going to wait till there's one guy left. Let's call it off. Audible. <laughs> Omaha. <laughs> I like how <laughs> I love how we're acting like this is making us sick when we literally tie Natalia between horses and <laughs> sod her in half. I'm like sure these gods just showed up and ki start killing themselves on my property. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've literally hammered some dude's head into like it just was nothing. I'm pretty sure I curb stomped someone in an episode. Remember what we did to pen oh, check? Yeah. yeah, you did do that. Yeah, you you hammer you took uh what the the his great sword and put it in the ground. No, I took the guy's own sword, put it I made him bite it down on it, then stomped on the back of his head. That's correct. Remember what he did to pen check though. We fucked that dude up. <laughs> yeah, coming. <laughs> Tiamat speaks up and says This this is what you want to leave the world to. You want to leave people like them in charge of the primaterial plane? Cat lady, we're kind of balanced here. As you said, you're chaotic neutral at best. That's pretty neutral to me. Seriously. Like, if chaotic neutral's <laughs> the worst it goes, I think that's pretty balanced. Torm then steps up and says, Either you agree to this plan, Tiamat and Sargonis, or... You will not find your next battle quite so easy. You will have Paylor and me to deal with. Except you would be fighting people with missing limbs now. <laughs> <laughs> Paylor takes his finger, reattaches it, and just wiggles them, and then takes it off again. <laughs> nah, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Stop doing that. <laughs> oh, 
How did he do that? What kind of magic show is this? Let's get this over with Tiamat. See what are you going to chop off? And I, I want to cover my eyes like slightly. <laughs> like, I don't want to look, but I can't look away. I did not say that I agree to this plan. Oh, don't be a bitch. Do it. Do it. Do it. Come on. Torm says, what's that behind your ear? And then just pulls his ear off. <laughs> don't be the only one not to. That'd be such a loser thing to do. Yeah, all the cool gods are doing it. Nerd. Hellerose says, you and Sargonis have already lost once to me. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> and you were at a stalemate the last time you and Sargonis fought against Palor and Torm. Do not think that you can win this, Tiamat. There must be balance. Folk. Because the Revengers are here, bitch. Burn. Tiamat just ah, and she transforms her arm into a scaly claw, takes one of the scales, and then holds it up says, there, are you happy? I don't know, the other ones are a lot more horrifying yeah, than is that. just one scale sufficient enough to do this? Wouldn't you want to leave behind a bigger part of you? Like a foot? Like, like... C- cut out your tongue? <laughs> <laughs> what? Pluck like a hair. <laughs> Please stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> there is more power in this single scale than there is in your entire potential Please say family tree, because there's two of us. <laughs> In your entire family tree. There's two of us. We don't have parents. Hey. Did you know that? Did you know? We don't have parents. <laughs> You're an evil god, but that's parents. just mean. Which means we're orphans. And Tiamat releases the scale. It dissolves into particles and falls below the solid footing that you're standing on. Then Palor and Ayun both release their... Uh, sacrifices, and they dissolve before falling below where you stand. Torm then steps forward and says, All right, I agree to this. And he takes out the dagger that he had handed off to Palor and chops off the entire hand. <laughs> Sargonis comes running forward and points his finger in Torm's face and says, You know that that is going to be more than just one sacrifice. You have sacrificed five fingers and your palm. And he starts ripping at his hair, and strands of his hair go falling out of his head. You cheated. We cannot have balance if there are more parts, good than bad. We just say, thank you for your contribution. Your hair will be enough, Sargonis. All right, Big Daddy Sargi, match him. Ayun points to Jet and says, No, he is right. Your hair has dissolved and entered the primaterial plane. I counted. There were seven. Fuck. So one more item must be sacrificed. From Sargi? I don't understand. I don't get that math either. Seven hairs, one palm and five fingers, one scale... One Tails. finger, well, six fingers. So Paylor's one. So Paylor's one finger. The five fingers. So that's six. Palm. Plus his, his palm. Seven. That's seven. Eyeball. Eight. I am neutral. Okay. Eyeball, eyeball doesn't count. And a half. <laughs> Both sides. Then the parents. Okay. <laughs> we Big don't Daddy. have parents. <laughs> Big Daddy Sargi. One more item. Let's go. One testicle. <laughs> Ayun says. 
it would not be from the evil gods. It should be from the good gods. And Tiamat says, Yes, but what do we know? Paylor may try and pull something like Torm did. Try and get an extra edge. They both just keep one-upping each other until they're just <laughs> mangling each other back and forth. <laughs> I shall sacrifice one more impartial piece. Once our essences enter the world of the sentient beings, the primaterial plane, who knows what they will become. But I believe that this is a compromise, that you can all trust me. And they all, all the gods actually nod like little kids, just like, yeah, I guess so. It's going to be your head. Ayun holds out her hand to Torm, takes the dagger, and then chops off her ear. Oh, ah, those in your head. Vincent Van Go oh my god <laughs> Wait Listen to me <laughs> uh, Rixius you make a joke But I Lend me your ears <laughs> I made my choice With that in mind That my essence My power may Watch Your kind And keep one ear open What? <laughs> I didn't quite hear you This is my good side I see what you're talking about if you need an eye patch, I know a guy. <laughs> Sargonis uh, speaks up and says, Very well. If that is all, then are we done here? I grow tired of this foolishness. If it must be this way, then let it be this way. I shall return to the darkness whence I came. And wait. More like the darkness. Oh, ha, shit! Ha. I cannot say that I shall miss you. But I shall miss the chance of killing you. Man, don't worry. He's gonna do it himself eventually. She it. All of you. And then the great mother streaks across the sky, and one branch of the lightning touches the crown of Sargonis's head, and he shatters into darkness. Damn! Mother got range! Helleros turns to all of you and says, This will be the end of... The gods that you have known. The Diadem Exorius must stay here with me, Jet. And he holds out his hand. It's probably for the best. And I hand it over. Helleros takes the crown, the Diadem, and casts it into the Great Mother where it shatters into light. Paylor then looks at all of you and says, I think that there is great potential. I... Wish that only I could stick around to see what happens next. And he reaches out his hand as the Great Mother streaks down towards his middle fingertip since his index finger is missing. And then he grabs the lightning as it pulls him off into the ether and he disappears as a speck of light. And then Tiamat spreads her wings and flies off into the darkness, disappearing behind the lightning that is streaking ever more sporadically. And then Torm steps forward to Prothean, places his remaining hand on Pro Prothean's shoulder. Prothean, you're a paladin of Torm. Yes, my lord. Your magic comes from me, and you have been using it, have you not? I have. You have been using Hellish Rebuke? Yes. And you've been healing as well? Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> I heal myself a lot. <laughs> well, whether you are good or you are bad, I must admit I've been a rather poor patron for you. 
I will not be here anymore. You will be on your own, and that means that your magic will be gone too. You will no longer be a paladin of Torm. Everything he knows is a lie! That's all he's ever lived for. Okay. Very well then, if you're going to be alright. I'm glad that I got to meet one of my paladins. And then Torm walks off as a streak of lightning flashes behind him, and then you look and his figure is no longer there. Ayun turns to reach out to the Great Mother. Record Keeper. And Eleros? Ayun uh, turns. Yes, Brixius? Which side of her were you standing on when you said that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I, I imagine I was probably seeing, like, the good side of her, and then well, when I said that, she turned. They're both looking at each other kind of cockeyed, <laughs> so they both see each other straight. The neck on my hair, the, my neck hair stands up. Um, So, as everybody's going to the Great Mother, and you guys no longer exist, are we going to hold the memory of you guys existing? Kind of like I hold the memory of my parents, because they're dead, and I'm an orphan. And so is my brother. But uh, are we going to hold the memory of you guys as well? She holds up the book and says, The record never changes. What has happened has happened. You will remember. And you will hopefully learn. If you're asking for me to become the new record keeper, that's a horrible idea. <laughs> I don't know how to read or write. <laughs> but I mean, the record does change. When the DM can't remember someone's name. <laughs> All things come to be as they should. Who's going to be the record keeper? Aren't you neutral? Yeah, wait, why did you have to give up a piece of anything? Ayun holds out the book to Helleros and says, You have yourself a record keeper. Yeah, just got a new job. You got promoted. Oh, yeah. like, God damn it. Promotion, more work, same pay. <laughs> and then Ayun is subsumed by the Great Mother's lightning. Helleros holds out the book and says, I shall observe and I shall watch. I shall guide these new powers in your realm. But from now on, you are on your own. Best of luck to you all. He's ready. Promotion. <laughs> she just boots us back to our plane. As Helleros finishes speaking, the Great Mother starts to fade as does Helleros from your view. Just as everything goes to black again, the sounds and cacophony of the war that you had escaped from suddenly bombard your senses, and you're standing in the middle of the fight as demons are flying above you. There are purified members crying out in pain in the dirt and the mud. There's blood flying all around you. There are swords whipping. There are arrows flying. There are swords slashing and you are trying to get your bearings as the giant portal that Sargonis had opened with the help of Zawadzki and Jet is still there, a green force field separating the primaterial plane from the planes of hell. Shit. So wait, the battle's still going on. Kind of thought that would uh, sort itself out. Yeah, I honestly did too. I thought this was going to be ending right now. Here's the issue. They just said, yeah, we're leaving everything is, and we're all gone. So this is kind of on us. Guys, we have to still close that portal, it looks like. Figus comes running up and says, Oh, Sir Prothean, I th- you, you disappeared from the battle. I pull my dagger out, stuff it by his throat. Sir oh, Prothean? Shit. Damn! 
and there is a massive clap as you see the portal suddenly collapse on itself. The green force field has shuddered, and there is a wave of energy as the staff of Parmar in Jet's hand lights up with brilliant white light. It shoots out in all directions, and there are gale force winds blowing all your enemies back from the spot of impact from Jet's staff. And then there is a swirling vortex where the portal used to be the force field that had allowed the demons to enter your plane. Into that vortex starts getting sucked all the demons as they are clawing, flapping their wings, trying to stay put, but the winds pick up in intensity. There is a low whistling that starts to grow higher and higher in pitch, and Prothean, you feel yourself start getting caught up in it. Who's the nearest person to me? Abe. I swing my greatsword trying to decapitate him. Ooh, shit. Loosening your grip on the dagger in Figus' throat, you swing your longsword at Abe. I need you to give me an attack roll with disadvantage. Uh, greatsword. Greatsword with disadvantage. My longsword's destroyed. I rolled a 19 then. Abe, does that hit you? It does. What does it look like when you hit Abe? Da- I leave the dra- dagger in his throat and then grab my greatsword so I sw- to swing around it to decapitate him. So, Prothean, you swing your greatsword around to try and decapitate Abe, and uh, your greatsword becomes lodged in his neck, and he grabs onto the sword as blood is spurting out. Fuck! And you can hear Figus gurgling around the dagger that you had left in his throat. Prothean, why? Not gonna answer. Just look Prothean dead in the eye and be like, well, one of our gods is still here, and use Hellish Rebuke. Prothean has to roll a saving throw, correct? Yes. Dexterity saving throw. Okay, religious wars. I just rolled a natural three, so I'm not gonna do the math on that. I right. got hit. So then you're gonna take some 3d10 fire. Should I even bother rolling it? I have, I think, like 9 or 10 health left. Ooh. Oh. I might just kill him outright. I thought this was gonna be like a battle. <laughs> I thought I was gonna have to go swinging swing. It's gonna be 20. Yeah, I'm dead. Prothean starts falling backwards from the damage dealt, but he is still in rigor mortis holding on to his greatsword, and he starts to pull Abe with him. Prothean gets caught up in the gale force winds, and Abe is going along as the greatsword is pulled away and towards that vortex to the Nine Hells. Ambionitis, you suddenly feel that you are starting to get picked up by these gale force winds, And then, Brixius, you feel the same way. Only Jet, who is holding the Staff of Parmar, is rooted in place as if you were holding on to an immovable rod. I need Ambionitis and Brixius to make a dexterity saving throw. Ah, damn it. Are you sure we're not uh, doing a strength saving throw to try to fight the winds? Oh, wait, I have advantage on dexterity Uh, saving throws. I don't. (laughs) uh... Get better, scrub. Ooh, but I did roll a natural 20. I did not! <laughs> 13. Total of 13? We yeah. grip arms. <laughs> well, someone use my divine thing. Perhaps you should. Yeah. This, this seems like a pretty good, uh, good time. To... <laughs> I don't think a divine thing would nah, work anymore, it, would it? Later. 
his divine <laughs> influence is Helleros, so it does still work. I picked correctly. <laughs> <laughs> the only good thing I've done this entire campaign. Well, yeah, like a one in six chance there or something. There was the five. Maybe. And then there was Helleros. Well, does a 17 do anything for me? A 17 is enough, and you manage to grab onto the staff or onto Jet as the Gale Force winds pick up, and you look behind you, and you can see Abe tumbling off into the distance with Prothean's unconscious form. And the wind picks up, the whistling grows to a roar, and then suddenly it stops. And that's where we're going to end our episode. Wait, so is there going to be another episode? Yeah. That's usually what this is where we're going to end our episode means. We'll pick up next time. Well, now it can be episode 90. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Death Saving Bros podcast. If you did enjoy what you heard, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser, and your review will get read on the air. If you would like to hear more in between episodes, you can check us out on patreon.com slash deathsavingbros for extra content, including episodes, commentary, and bloopers. You can keep in touch with us on social media at deathsavingbros on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Reddit. You can keep in touch with me on Twitter at hbcamper or on Instagram at hbcamper.14. You can find me at benfro15. I'm at Ima underscore B underscore Rad. Is it me? It's me. Hey, it's me. I'm Brad. Be rich as they call me. You can find me on the Reddit. You can find me on the wiki. You can find me on the PlayStation Network as F-A-T-T dash Smith. And for those of you listening in your cars, in your homes, or wherever you may be, keep saving those death throws, and we'll see you on the next one. This episode was made possible by our patrons. The following individuals have pledged at the $5 tier. Tad Corsi. Thank you for your support. Some of the sounds and background music in this production are copyright material. The song On the Shore is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons Attribution License 4.0 and sourced from Filmmusic.io. The songs The Fifth Chamber in Corridors of Yore, In Corridors of Yore, Organ and Calestra, Midnight in the Ashen Grove, Mother of All, Night Sky, Renouncing the Oath, Seven Stars of Arcus, These Walls Tell Tales, Those Who Writhe Below, Vila's Blessing, and Vonadale Dawn are copyright Will Savino and the Music D20 Project. The song Circle of Wildfire is by Tabletop Audio at patreon.com tabletopaudio. These tracks are used with permission all rights reserved. The tracks Dreams of War, Night Attack, Raiders of the Apocalypse, and War Horde are music by Orchestralis. The Death Saving Bros theme song is an abridged version of the song Run by Kai Angle 
and sourced from the Free Music Archive. This track is used with permission under Creative Commons Attribution License 4.0. You can read the full license at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0 slash legal code.